This is a Saddleback Church podcast. Today we are continuing a message series called Transferring Trust, and we've been looking over these last few weeks at the subject of trust. We've been talking about how God has made us as humans to trust in him, that ultimately he's the only one worthy of our trust. Now, when it comes to being trustworthy, we have a little bit of a challenge in our family that we've been dealing with. Uh, We have three kids. We also have one family member who thinks they're a child. And we've been having some struggles with this particular individual. Her name is Mercy. Uh, Mercy in dog years is just over two. I'll show you a picture of her here. But in dog, or human years, she's just over two, I should say. In dog years, she's a teenager. And that presents a lot of problems. Because when she's with you, she's one thing. When you're gone, she's another. Now, you might meet her. If you met Mercy, you'd think, oh, this is an incredible dog. Like, she's unbelievable. Her behavior is wonderful. And she is. She's a phenomenal dog until we're gone. And it happened for us around October last year at Halloween. Our kids got a bunch of candy. Somebody left chocolate out. Now, we do know that chocolate kills dogs. uh, But apparently, Mercy has resurrected from the dead a few times while we've been gone, and she gets, she gets a hold of chocolate, and she got a sweet tooth. So anytime we leave now, if there's anything in the house that's left out, Mercy goes for it. She goes for chocolate, she goes for candy, she goes for chips, she goes for bread. Even recently, as this last week, we left her in our bedroom because we can't leave her out anymore, and apparently she read that verse in the Bible that says, eat the word of God. Because she went after Stacy's journal with all these Bible verses, she ate it, she ate an ink pen, Oh, it's, it's, I could keep going. There's a lot of, a lot of things that are happening. Uh, but we are reducing the scope of her freedom. Her trustworthiness warrants very little freedom at this point. In fact, we're about to get the crate back out for her. And if you think about trustworthiness, trustworthiness allows our world, allows what we're entrusted with to grow. And God deeply cares about us being faithful, about us being trustworthy. And today I wanna switch the whole concept. We've been looking at how do we trust God, but I wanna look at how God wants to trust us, that God wants to entrust us with his kingdom, to entrust us with his resources. And the question for us is, what does it mean to be a trustworthy person, the kind of person that God wants to entrust his kingdom with? And it reminds me of a phrase that my dad used to say to me when I was a kid. Oftentimes when I would be leaving my house, to go hang out with friends, he would say this one phrase, and it would kind of drive me crazy when he would say it. Right as I was walking out the door, my dad would say to me, be faithful. Can you say that with me? Be faithful. Now that phrase is a little bit frustrating because you want him to say something like, don't be stupid, be home by 10 o'clock. You know, it's like that stuff doesn't require a whole lot of thinking, but be faithful is one of those phrases that you have to think about, like you have to meditate on it. But I said to my dad recently, that one phrase was so powerful because for me, as a kid growing up, and in my young adult years, I would hear my dad's words over and over again, be faithful. It's kinda like with my son who's 16 right now, he's learning to drive, and he's loving the right side of the lane. Like you can hear that bum, 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 as he drives. And the tendency is you wanna say, move to the left. But in reality, when you say move to the left, you move into the next, next lane. So I say to him, Get in the middle of the lane. Like just come to the center. And faithfulness is kind of this centering concept for our lives. 
Another phrase we would use when, with our kids when they were little, when they would carry their dishes back to the sink, they would spill the food on the floor, like any remaining food. And instead of saying, don't spill the food, we would say, keep it level. So this idea of keeping it level, coming to the middle, being faithful, is a character trait that God deeply cares about. We're gonna look today at Luke chapter 16. If you have a Bible, you can open there. And I wanna begin with a parable that Jesus tells. Now, I'll paraphrase the parable, and then I'll apply it to our lives. Jesus begins with this story. It's a very obscure story in Luke chapter 16. And he makes this statement. He says, there was a guy who had a manager. So this manager was running his business, and he had been lazy with his job. He wasn't working very hard. So the, the owner of the company comes to the manager and says, you're fired, in the words of Donald Trump. You're fired. Anybody remember that show a while ago? And so he says, you're fired. And the guy says, well, I know what I'll do. Because I'm fired, I'm going to need some buddies on the backside of my job. So I'll go to all of my master's debtors, and I will start cutting what they owe my master. So he goes to one guy who owes about a 1,000 containers of olive oil or gallons of olive oil, and he says, hey, here's what you do. Take that 1,000 gallons of olive oil, cut it in half, go to 500. And so he cuts it in half. And then the next guy he goes to who has eight uh, 800 bushels of wheat that are owed to the, the master. And he says, why don't you cut that in two-thirds? So he starts cutting all these debts. And Jesus uses this guy as an example. And you would think, well, why would Jesus use a man who's dishonest, who's lying, who's seemingly stealing from the master as an example of how we're to be faithful? But Jesus pulls a point, and I want to go to verse 8 of Luke chapter 16. And I want you to see what Jesus says about this man. He's actually praised for his shrewdness. It says, the rich man had to admire the dishonest rascal for being so shrewd. And that word shrewd is, this is the one time in the New Testament that this word is used for shrewdness. It's a character trait that Jesus is highlighting. And it's true, the children of this world are more shrewd in dealing with the world around them than the children of the light. Here's the lesson. Use your worldly resources to benefit others and make friends. And then, when your possessions are gone, they will welcome you into an eternal home. Now, what is Jesus saying here? Jesus is actually pointing out several different components of what this man has done. First of all, he says there, there are lessons that you can, you can learn from people who are wise in the world. There are people who exercise God's wisdom even though they're not followers of Jesus and actually don't understand the principles of the Bible. You can still learn from those people. The second thing that Jesus is highlighting is actually what you do in this life impacts what happens in the next life. And sometimes when it comes to heaven, our mindset is heaven is like this place where people sit around and play harps all day long. And there's streets of gold and all, the, all that. The Bible talks about streets of gold and pearly gates and that's awesome. But more than that, it's a place of relationship. It's a place of community. That God's eternal purposes, four of God's five eternal purposes, will carry on there. And fellowship, us being in relationship with one another, is something that will happen in heaven. So there's a way to invest your life on earth that reaps eternal rewards in relationships. So Jesus is exercising this parable to point to faithfulness in this life impacts God's faithfulness to us in the next life. And I want to highlight how Jesus then begins to break down what this means on a practical level. Now, I'll say this. This one message, this one concept that we're gonna look at today, if there's 
anything as a parent, I want my kids to understand it's this one message. If there's any lesson that I hope my kids walk out of our home with, it's what we're gonna talk about these next few minutes. And our team this week created a discussion guide that when we take our next steps today, you can request that digitally and it will be sent to you. So you can take this message home, you can talk through it. Those of you who have teenagers, this is gonna be a great conversation starter for us in our homes this week. Now notice how Jesus applies these three lessons. And he starts with this, he says, if you are faithful in little things, you will be faithful in large things. And notice that phrase, if then, if you are faithful, with little things, you will be faithful in large ones. But if you're dishonest in little things, you won't be honest with greater responsibilities. I was having a conversation with somebody one time and they were cutting corners on some things and I, I would quantify it as cheating. And I asked that person, I said, well, how do you feel about that? Like, that's a great question. Instead of saying, well, that's wrong, I just, how do you feel about that? And you always know they don't feel great about it by the response because the response back was, well, it's not hurting anybody. And I'm like, well, maybe, maybe it's not hurting anybody, but perhaps maybe it's hurting you. And the choice around cutting corners, so often our definition of success will impact what we are willing to do to get to a destination. So if my ultimate definition of success is my career advancement, or if my ultimate definition of success is the amount of money that I make, or if it's my place in my company, or if it's the school that you attend as a student, or your GPA, you will be willing to do whatever it takes to get your ultimate definition of success. But for God, when he defines success for us, his definition is based upon who we're becoming, not simply what we're doing. It's based upon character. So I want you to write this down. Small obedience leads to strong character. This is the first mindset of faithfulness. Small obedience, it's the little things that nobody else sees. Jesus says, if you're faithful with little, you will be faithful with much. I remember when I was in college, Stacy and I, we started working in a student ministry. We were dating at the time, and I was also serving in student governance. And somehow I ended up being the secretary. Now, we've only known each other for about a year. Hopefully you know by now, secretary is not a good job for me. Like with my ADHD, I would constantly be like losing papers, getting agenda notes out of order. I would go to the copy machine. I would misprint stuff, but I was doing my very best. I just was not good. According to Saddleback language, it was not within my shape. Like... Not my spiritual gifts, not my ability, certainly not my personality, but I was doing it. And I had to do it on Wednesday because that was when our student ministry or our, our student governance gathering was. And then on Wednesday night at the church, we had our student ministry meeting. And so Stacy and I were leading in middle school ministry and I would go back and forth. So I would go to the student governance meeting, I'd run all the copies, and then I would go over to the, the church where we were meeting and I would set up all the chairs. And I remember being like, is there not anybody that could set up the chairs? And my pastor, who was in charge, very wisely said, if you're going to lead the ministry, you need to be able to set up the chairs. And so I would set up these chairs, and over time, as I would make the copies, and then I would drive in my Red Plymouth Sundance over to the church, most of the time it would get me there. As I would drive, and I would get there, I would set these chairs up, and I used to have one of those big headsets with the discs those of you who are young, there used to be these gray things, 
about this big, put it in a Walkman, press play, and uh, you could only play one album at a time. It was not Insta music all the time, but that's what we used to do uphill to church both ways in snow, and that's what, that's what I'd listen to. And I would have my worship music on, or I would have my Doug Fields Purpose Driven Youth Ministry cassettes on, and I would be listening, and I would have these holy, sacred moments with God setting up chairs. And there, there was nothing in my mind of, oh, one day I'm gonna pastor at Saddleback Church. There was nothing in my mind about the size. and It was just a chair at a time. God bless the kid that sits in this chair. God, I pray for salvation today. I pray that you would change these kids' lives. And these sacred moments between me and God were the foundation, I believe, of my lifelong journey of following Jesus in ministry. It's the small things. And I wanna say to you, I wanna flip it, there's so many of you who are so faithful in this church. You serve in student ministry, you invest in kids and bring them in your home. There are so many of you who serve with kids. I'm so grateful for Saddleback Kids leaders that serve, that sit on floors with kids and lead small groups. And some of you who don't serve with kids might think, well, it's just changing dirty diapers and it's way more than that. It's investing in the next generation. It's impacting generations to come. There are over a thousand student, student leaders and kids leaders that are faithfully serving the next generation. And I think they deserve some applause today for their faithfulness. Some of, you, some of you, today could be a day that you would take that step. When you take your next steps digitally, there's a place you can check to say, I wanna serve with the next generation and make a difference. But I, I'm here today to tell you God sees it all. Every moment that you serve him and nobody else sees, your faithfulness in little things is laying a foundation. Your yes right now in this moment is laying a foundation for the future of what God wants to do in you. Obedience in the small things is the foundation to strong character. Jesus says, if you're faithful with little things, I want you to hear this. Students, those of you who are listening to my voice in teenage years and in your 20s, I cannot overstate the significance and the importance of obeying God in the small things right now. You don't think it matters, but you're laying a foundation that in your 30s and in your 40s and in your 50s, if you are faithful, God will find you. God will reward you for your obedience. Second Chronicles 16.9 says his eyes are scanning the earth. He is looking for people who are fully committed to him that he can strengthen them. So if you're faithful, you don't have to promote yourself. You don't have to lift yourself up. My kids will say things like, oh, they were Insta-famous. It's, that means like they're on Instagram and all of a sudden they did a video, it went viral. And it's like, oh, I wanna make that video that goes viral, I wanna be Insta-famous. But when it comes to faithfulness, there's no such thing as Insta-faithfulness. It's the small stuff behind the scenes. It's the sacrificial, giving, serving, loving, praying. Every tear you cry, praying for a child. Every moment that you do something that nobody else sees, that secrecy, your heavenly Father sees it and he rewards you if you're faithful. You don't have to promote yourself. God will promote you. God will lift you up. First Peter 5, 6 says, so humble yourself under the mighty power of God and in due time, he will lift you up. He will lift you up and if God promotes you and you don't, you don't have to worry about keeping yourself at the place that God promoted you to, 
God is the one that calls you. God is the one that will keep you. And if you're faithful, he will find you and he will sustain you in whatever he calls you to. The second mindset is just as important, and Jesus unpacks. And it's that better stewardship leads to bigger spiritual impact. And notice what Jesus says in Luke 16, 11. He says, if you are trustworthy, untrustworthy with worldly wealth, then who will trust you with the true riches of heaven? And one of the, one of the growth areas as I've continued to follow Jesus that I've seen is sometimes when you start in your journey, you think there's like spiritual things and then there's everything else. And that dichotomy can be confusing because the physical reality, Jesus, God, came in human flesh. He was fully God and fully man. So our physical bodies are not only spiritual, but they are certainly spiritual. And what Jesus is pointing out, the hundreds of times that Jesus would talk about money and worldly wealth, he would talk about money more than faith. He would talk about money more than heaven and hell because there's a clear connection between our wallets and our hearts. And I hope this whole series, what you've been hearing from us, is that this is not about what we want from you, it's about what we want for you. And your heavenly Father, he is wanting to bless you with the true riches of heaven, with spiritual influence. And there is a clear correlation between trustworthiness with the wealth of this world and spiritual riches. So when I honor God with my money, God opens doors. He gives favor to my life to be used by him and connects it to that obedience or that secret trust in him with the financial things that he entrusts to me. Now, over the last couple of weeks, we've been doing a 90-day trust challenge. And that 90-day trust challenge, over 4,000 people have committed for 90 days to trust in God with their resources. And that includes so many of you, and I do think that that is worth celebrating the obedience of our church. And it's a small step. You know, we challenge different levels. Some of you, you just start trusting God. Some tithe, some go beyond the tithe. It's a small step that has a massive impact. Last week, I was uh, standing outside the service at Lake Forest, and uh, as I was there, a guy walked up by the name of Thomas. I want you to see Thomas's picture here. Thomas uh, let me know that he was from Seattle, and he was down here in Southern California on vacation and decided to come to Saddleback Church. And when he got here, he said, you know, I was actually really surprised when I realized that you're here because I lived in the Bay Area in 2018, and I was attending the church that you were pastoring in the Bay Area. And while I was there attending the church, actually there was a moment where you were challenging people to trust in God with their resources. I took a 90-day challenge, but when I took the 90-day challenge, I was a PhD student there. And it was a huge risk for me because I knew that if I took it, it had major implications. I, I didn't know how I was gonna be able to trust God with my tithe, but I committed. And so I started this journey and I had a three-month internship that was about to end, but when I made this commitment and I started trusting God, my professor at the time extended my internship from three to nine months. And he said afterwards, when it was completed, they decided they would bring me on staff full-time. And then after that, I decided that I wanted to move to Seattle because God was calling me there, and they allowed me to work remotely, which never happens in this company, and now I live in Seattle, and I want you to put his picture back up for just a moment, and now I live in Seattle, and I'm working with a group of friends to start a church 
in Seattle for Chinese people, and it's all connected. He says, it's all connected back to this step of me saying yes to God to trust in him with my finances. God is wanting to entrust to us spiritual influence, and there's a correlation. God's opportunities favor faithfulness. So the opportunity that God wants to give to you favors our trust in him, that when I trust him, he knows I'm trustworthy, he entrusts the true riches of heaven to me. And I wanna encourage, if you haven't taken that challenge today, again, this is not about what we want from you, it's about what we desire for our spiritual growth, for your spiritual growth. And today you can take that step to begin to trust in God at a deeper level. Now I have one final part of the message that I wanna finish with that Jesus says here in Luke 16, 12. I wanna read over you this verse Jesus says, and if you are not faithful with other people's things, why should you be trusted with things of your own? If you are not faithful with another person's property, who would entrust you with your own? And when you think about your life, all of us at different seasons of life, we are being entrusted with somebody else's stuff. If you're a student, you live in your parents' home. If you're an adult, you probably work for a company that you don't own. There are a lot of company owners, but most people work for companies that somebody else owns. Our whole life ultimately is a stewardship. And what Jesus is saying is if you're trustworthy with somebody else's stuff, you'll be entrusted with your own. The point he's making is that proper responsibility leads to personal ownership. Proper responsibility leads to personal ownership. I remember one time I went on a staff retreat with my buddy David Hibiski who moved from the Bay Area. He and his wife Kendall moved here to work on staff at Saddleback and we drove on this staff retreat. I was sitting in the back seat and I had some pistachios and he informed me, I told the story wrong yesterday, I said it was corn nuts and he said no, it was pistachios because corn nuts are not as messy as pistachios. So I had this bag of pistachios sitting in the back seat. I was loving them. Anybody else like pistachios, by the way? Oh, yes, I feel you. They're so good. They just take way too long to open and eat, but they're good. And they make messes everywhere. And so I'm sitting there. I'm eating the pistachios. We get back. I'm in a hurry. I get out of his car. I don't think twice. The next week, he comes back to me, and he says, hey, bro, Just want to let you know, um, after you got out of my car and I went home, I spent about 30 minutes cleaning up your pistachio mess in the back seat. And then his next statement to me was, now I don't want anybody else to lose respect for you. So I just thought you might should know about this. And it, it actually, it really did hit me in a significant way to say, okay, if, if I'm not trustworthy, if I can't be trusted driving in the back seat of my buddy's car, if I can't be trusted there, can I truly be trusted with my own? And Jesus is making a statement that the way you handle what is handed to you ultimately influences whether or not you can be entrusted with your own. I remember about that same season of my life, Stacy and I, we were leasing a home. And when we moved into that house, we'd put a significant... Uh, down, down, a monthly payment down. It's basically a deposit down so that when you move out, if you've taken good care of the house, you get your deposit back. And when we were moving out, our, our kids were like, you know, seven, five, and one and a half at the time. And uh, there were holes in the wall, and it was a, a mess. 
And so I'm like, I want to get my deposit back. It's going to cost me less to get the house better. Plus, I want to leave it better than I found it. So Stacy and I went above and beyond. Like, we did all the things we should have done the whole time we lived there. We painted the walls. We made it look real pretty. We cleaned up all the messes. We even hung little lights in the back. And I was so excited. I was so proud of myself. And when the man who owned the home came to the house, he came with his little checklist and I'm expecting at the end of our kind of walkthrough that he's gonna look at me and say, well done, good and faithful servant. Here is your deposit back. And we got through the house, and he goes, okay, good. Been great having you at the house. Um, unfortunately, we're not gonna be able to give you your deposit back um, because we forgot to charge you for the trash bill the last few years. So, um, sorry, sorry man, sorry. And I was so mad. I was so livid. The whole way home, I was dry. I didn't say any bad words, but in my heart, in my heart, I was not feeling the love of Jesus for this man. And there was a moment for me in this whole process as I'm praying through it. I was like, God, I did the right thing. I was faithful. And the question so gently from the Holy Spirit was, did you do it for him or did you do it for me? Did you do it for him or did you do it for me? And that voice of the Lord, it was almost as if God was saying to me in that moment, Andy, I've got you. If you're trustworthy, if you're faithful, if you're obedient to me, you can trust that I will take care of it. I will take care of you. And in the process, God has been more than faithful. His eyes are ranging throughout the earth and he is looking for sons and daughters to whom he can come alongside to support, to strengthen, to encourage. He's a faithful God, and he is looking for people who are obedient. So I wanna read this verse over you one more time as the band comes, and we're gonna respond with a moment of worship. Second Chronicles chapter 16, verse nine says, the eyes of the Lord range throughout the whole earth. The eyes of the Lord range throughout the whole earth looking for someone to strengthen those whose hearts are fully committed to him. God is looking for people who are fully committed to him, wanting to bless, wanting to strengthen, wanting to encourage, wanting to come alongside. And I wanna invite you for just a moment to consider when you go back through these three categories and you think about the little things, that little step of obedience, Today, perhaps that step of obedience would be to go through, discover your purpose. Here at Saddleback, uh, we have this journey designed together. It's like a class experience where you hear about your purpose that God has for you, how to take steps to get connected in co community, how to grow spiritually, how to discover your shape, how to share the good news of Jesus. Today, that might be your little step. Some of you, perhaps you're listening to the message and you've heard this 90-day challenge, and there's a little step for you to trust God for 90 days with your resources to say, God, I wanna do it. Others of you, maybe there's a little thing, a secret behavior, that if you're honest with yourself, nobody else sees it, but you know it's not honoring God, it's not strengthening you spiritually, and it's weakening what God wants to do through your life, and today perhaps would be a moment to bring that into the light. We're gonna have a response time in just a moment, and we're gonna pray, and in a few moments, I'm gonna invite the prayer team to come forward. During that time, this would be an opportunity just to come and receive prayer for maybe some small area of your life where you need prayer. 
Others of you, perhaps in that second category, there's something that God is saying to you around your finances. Would you listen to his voice? Some of you, maybe today it's that step to get out of debt and trust God to say, I'm gonna clear it up financially and I'm gonna honor you. And then finally in that third category, to look at our whole lives is a stewardship, to say, God, I want to be faithful to you. I wanna be obedient with the thing you've entrusted me. I wanna be the kind of person that with your stuff, I can be trusted to know that you want to give the true spiritual riches of heaven to me. And I believe God is not only looking for people that he can trust, God is looking for churches that he can trust. He's looking for families of faith that will believe him for the great things that he wants to do. And I don't know if it's, if it's bad to say this, but what if, what if for us as a church, what God has done in these first 40 years seems so big to so many of us. It's small in the sight of God. It's small in the grand scheme of what God is capable of and wanting to do, that one day God would use us to accomplish the great commission in our generation, that one day God would use us as we've gone to every nation to continue that, foot, that push forward, to have a campus in every nation. One day there would be people that are being reached all over the world as a result of us to be a part of a global movement of the gospel that reaches and sweeps across the world, a global awakening unlike this world has ever seen. What if that is what God is calling us to and it starts today with our small obedience with what he's placed into our hands. So I wanna invite you today to respond to the voice of God. The Holy Spirit is at work. Some of you, your response today is to begin relationship with God. Jesus died on a cross for your sins. He conquered the grave, and he puts his Holy Spirit in those who trust in him for the forgiveness of sins, and he gives us the power to live faithful lives. He gives us the strength that we don't have. He gives us the wisdom that we need. All the resources we need, he has. And I wanna invite, if you've never received that gift of salvation, to do that today. In fact, if you will, will you stand with me as the prayer team comes forward? In just a moment, we're gonna sing a song about the faithfulness of God. All of us have a next step today. Some of you, it's to come forward and get prayer. Some of you, maybe even to confess something. Perhaps you're carrying something that God is saying. And I want you to walk out of here with that thing today. I want you to bring it forward in prayer. And in this next song, I'm gonna invite you just come forward all across the front to receive prayer. Uh, I, I believe God wants to move in power in this moment in your life as you respond. If you will, will you just position yourself to receive like this before God? God, thank you for your faithfulness. Thank you, God, that you're a God who never fails us, that you've come, you've pursued us, you've gone to a cross You've died, you've, you've rose again from the dead, you're alive. Thank you that your Holy Spirit is here, present in this moment. So we just invite you now, come Holy Spirit, do your work in us. Help us be obedient sons and daughters. And I pray right now, even for those of you as you're listening to my voice that you've never responded to the gift of salvation, you might just say a prayer right now in this moment that goes something like this. Jesus, I believe that you died on a cross for my sins. I believe you rose again from the dead. I receive your gift of salvation. Please forgive me for my past. Thank you for new life. 
I invite you today, if you prayed that prayer, let us know when you take your next steps. Let us know to the prayer team. We want to help you in your journey. Father, thank you for people today trusting in you, trusting in you with their lives. We trust in you. You're a firm foundation, faithful God, faithful to keep your promises. So come now, help us respond to the voice of the Lord. Help us listen to that still small voice to be obedient to what you've asked us to do. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to this weekend message from Saddleback Church. If you like this, please consider leaving a rating or review for this podcast. The Saddleback Church Weekend Message Podcast is a part of the Saddleback family of podcasts. Visit saddleback.com slash podcasts or search for Saddleback Church in your favorite podcasting app to see more great podcasts from Saddleback. For more Weekend Message resources, visit saddleback.com slash message resources.